You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson with Producer Shell in Newcastle as well, too. Thanks, Producer Shell. Lawson, how are you doing? I'm so good. I am so good. The sun's actually coming up, which is cool. That's the good. sun's coming out. But then I just turn around to look out the window, and the wind is a-blowing. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that well, I can't see anything. going on. I can't see anything here in Finland. I'm in a, like a little dungeon studio thing down below. There's no light whatsoever. It's it's very dark, which is basically every single day. But the I also all the windows are blocked out with insulation so that I don't die. But it's still really really cold in here as well too. Mm. You're wearing like a huge jacket with a bunch of fur and stuff. Yes. So I'm wearing two beanies and these headphones. You think I'm wearing headphones for the radio show. Nope. I just wear them around to keep my ears warm because it's so mm. cold. And you grew a beard to keep your chin warm. <laughs> just, just, you know, it's doing, overnight. Doing I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to grow a beard overnight for this trip to Finland. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, speaking of growing beards, the quiz has nothing to do with that, but we're going to have a, uh, another clue for the quiz. Here we go. The shortest verse of the Bible is found in this book. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. Guys, this is your penultimate or your second last opportunity to get into the quiz for this week. So, again, that question was, what is, where is the shortest verse of the Bible found? If you know the book, 0491-064-669. If you answer correctly, you go into the draw to win Jesus at the helm, as well as, so that's a, that's a puzzle where we promise to give you all the pieces, as well as the Fount of You Great Controversy DVD. 0491-064-669. Can we do that? Can we share the verse? No. Of course not, because they're trying to find the book. I know, but I want to say the verse. No, you can't. Uh, Maybe you could. I memorized the whole thing. That's actually really impressive, Blake. You know what? You know what? (laughs) Rattle it off straight from memory. I dare you. Jesus wept. Oh, okay. (laughs) Very impressive. Incredibly impressive. Do we have we have some text messages coming through, Blake? We do. I just want to say that was, I think that was my first memory verse that I ever memorized because I was like, I can do that. I can do that one. That one sounds good. But I want to say talking about memory verses, maybe that might be a new kind of idea or a new concept to people. It's really, really good to put God's word to memory in your heart and in your mind so that it can come to you in your time of need. I don't know if you've ever done that before or not, Lawson. I think you probably have. I think you've actually done a whole bunch of memory verse stuff when you're up at Arise and ever since then. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that one, Jesus Wept, but that's a really solid one uh, to a, start That's a pretty solid one. If, you, if you've never done a memory verse, if you've never put any scriptures to, to memory, put that one in there. And, and, and the whole story behind why he, he weeps is because uh, sometimes people just don't understand what Jesus is about and what he's doing. Mm. And it causes him to, to cry because Jesus is all about saving you and giving you life because he is the resurrection and the life, which is another part of that same story as well, too. But we do have some text messages here. While you think about putting some memory verses or some scripture to memory, 
We got a text from Wade here. He says, good morning, blessings team. Forgive me if this is a dumb question. Blake, if there's only eight hours of daylight over there, what's the official time the Sabbath starts and finishes? And is it all year round? Does the Sabbath become confusing? Have a great day and awesome Sabbath. Love you guys. Thanks so much, Wayne. To be honest, I don't know. And what I'm going to do is talk to some Finnish people over here because that's a great question. And I genuinely don't have an answer that I'm 100% like sure about. So I feel like also just so everyone knows as well, too, I've got a little bit of a stuffy nose because uh, it's like negative five all the time here. Just like mm. every every moment of every day when I go outside, it's well below zero. And so I I think my nose is a little bit stuffy. So I apologize if I sound uh, a bit nasally. But, are, there uh, any, are there any special measures that you have to take while spending time in that weather to, you know, just keep yourself from freezing? Like, are you like, oh, every 20 minutes I do some star jumps or something? The best thing that I've found is uh, to avoid the outdoors at all costs and to just stay by the fire. So that kind of scene. When you have to leave to, you know, build some place or do something, what kind of measures do you take? Don't. Just okay. Okay, just don't. Just don't do it. Yeah. Apparently. So every <laughs> I uh I definitely I was out today. We well, we went out today actually. Mm-hmm. And uh after working in the morning, in the afternoon we had some lunch, which was my breakfast because I kind of go to bed after I finish this and then wake up later on. Uh, in the day, mm-hmm. and, uh, afterwards we went out to like a a mountain. I guess you would call it. It was more like a big hill, to be honest. But we went uh, snowboarding and skiing. Everyone had like the afternoon, a couple, a few few serious? hours in the afternoon. Yeah, it was really My fun. Dream. That yeah. is incredible. So when we were out there, uh, they didn't have. They don't have snow bo- snowboarding boots my size, which is kind of a problem that I get uh, pretty regularly. That's, that's a uh, I grew up snowboarding, but as I've gotten older, my feet have gotten so big that they only very few resorts have snowboard boots my size because I wear size 17. So it's like very, very difficult to find. So instead, I just filmed a bunch of uh, all the people just coming down snowboarding and skiing and stuff. But the issue was uh, my fingers stopped functioning after a little while because I was filming and they just they just refused to do the things that I told them to do. I was like, hey, fingers, hold the phone and press the buttons. And my fingers were like, no. And I was like, oh, no. So I had to go inside and get some hot chips and some hot cocoa uh, to, to regain feeling into my fingers uh, as well as my toes, which were in boots uh, that I owned. They just didn't seem to uh, work very well. <laughs> So, dude, I would have, I would have came on the, I would have came on the Finnish mission trip if I knew we were going snowboarding, bro. That's crazy. Also, to help people and you know, right, participate in mission. Getting your uh, that sounds amazing. Getting getting your priorities right here. Here's another text message. Robotic bees sounds good. They kill the real bees. God's creation and replace them with men's creation. I was actually kind of thinking that as well, too. Mm. I actually was thinking like, hmm, that sounds kind of sketch because the real ones are doing just fine, but now we have all these problems with the real ones, and now we're doing this. And then it's interesting, he says, soon AI will replace humanity or at least make us obsolete. Is this God's plan or Satan's plan? Ooh, question. We were talking about AI all day today. That's very interesting. I love the emojis on the bottom of that as well, too. Some flying money emojis and some sad faces. Mm. Uh, Julia, I just want to let you know, I think you got the answer correct. Uh, Raphael, unfortunately, 
No. Uh, here's another one. Here's another text coming in. Disinformation wars are won on disinformation. It never is what they tell us. It will kill all of us in the future. And the truth shall make you free, and you will only find it in the Bible. The NWO, the New World Order, controls all major media, and they are controlled by Satan. I won't even mention the papacy. Awkward smiley face. Wow. Things are getting getting wild with disinformation. You know, uh, I don't know about everything that was said in that text, but I do agree that disinformation is something that Satan uses to disqualify people for the kingdom of heaven. It's very interesting. Like Satan uses dif- disinformation to keep people from a saving relationship with Jesus all the time. Yeah, that's it's very right. sad. It's it's interesting. Like the Bible says, and this is a this is a memory verse that I can rattle off. And First uh, Timothy chapter two, the Bible says, "For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth." It is really God's desire for us to know him fully, because when we know him fully, we can worship him fully. Uh, you can only have a relationship with someone based on what you know about them. If you know, we've got producer Shell and her husband, Lyle, you know, if their information that they knew about each other was restricted, you know, say, say well, here's one uh, in regards to information. If one of them forgets the anniversary and I'm not going to accuse Lyle of this because maybe Lyle remembers and Shell forgets. But if one of them tries to put the anniversary of their relationship on a different day than it was, as a regard of, as a response of, you know, lack of knowing information, it would cause problems within the relationship. What we know about a person informs how we relate to them. And God is wanting us to know him fully so that we can relate to him fully. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Here are some more text messages. Bruce and Liz, you got the answer correct. Freco, you also got the answer correct there from what I can see. Here we got another text message coming in. In Australia, I vaguely remember reading that the European honeybees are not the ones having issues though that may have changed. And although I love honey, we do need to make sure our native bees, both hive bees and solitary bees, have the habit to thrive if we want to keep the bees around. Absolutely. That was yeah. yeah. Honestly, bees are super important. Like, I, I'm, I'm a big bee fan, for sure. Mm. I want to be a fan of bees. Dude, I, I've probably given this analogy before, but it's essentially this. Save the bees, save the apple pie. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? So like yeah, if there's sure. no if there's no bees, then there's no pollination. No, apple there's pie. no pollination, then there's no plants. If there's no plants, then there's no trees. If there's no trees, then there's no apple trees. And if there's no apple trees, then there's no apples. And if there's no apples, then there's no apple pie. And if there's no apple pie, there's no then, good feeling after dinner. If there's no apple pie, then there's no Fourth of July. That's just how that's just how it goes down. <laughs> okay, next, uh, next. <laughs> uh, to add to the end of that interview about staying comfortable, so this is another text message that's come in. I was in a place of comfort, had a family and a job, and enough money to be living comfortably. And if you are satisfied with being comfortable, your spiritual life will be affected. So though Ooh. I don't believe. 
what has happened in my life has was caused by God. I believe it was drawn. It has drawn me closer to him and allowed me to grow spiritually. And I also thank you for the support you all, uh, for the support you all at Faith FM have given off and on the air. Oh, thanks, Braden. Thanks for that text message. I, uh, I can relate to some of the things that you've gone through in your life. And I can definitely say you can choose whether it draws you closer to God or whether it's a wedge in your spiritual journey as well, too. And I've found on a personal level that if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you, which is a fulfillment of the Bible verses and the scriptures that we were talking about before by putting his word to memory. Yeah, it's actually something interesting. So I'm down here hanging out in Melbourne and I'm hanging out with people from Gateway Church, which is they've got multiple churches down here, Seventh-day Adventist churches, and they reach out to a lot of students. Campus ministry is their big thing, and particularly international students. They're a really international group. And they've shared with me before just the thought that, yeah, a lot of students come through, uh, become Christian, get baptized, following Jesus maybe head back to their home country or even stay in Australia, get a job, you know, as a result of getting their university, tertiary education, get a good job. And then following that, often those people fall away. And it's as a result of things become, you know, before they were were grinding as a student, Uh, but things become comfortable, things become easy, and then the spiritual life goes on a decline. So I, I'm not saying that having a job equals you not following God or having money equals you not following God. Uh, and maybe that's something we're going to talk about in our Bible study today. But rather, we need to keep ourselves in check and to realize that we're never in the position uh, in which we have no need of Christ. And I think when we can see clearly in our lives, like the sin that is in us and that we possess, our sinful nature, and we can see that clearly, I think it draws us closer and closer to Christ. And what helps us to see that clearly? Well, having a relationship with Jesus, drawing close to him. Beautiful, be- beautifully said there, Lawson. I, I appreciate uh, the sentiments and, and agree wholeheartedly. We got another text message here. Uh, he said, <laughs> I won't say who this is, but he says, I know the verse, but I can't remember which book. And you guessed correctly. Oh, uh, Janelle, you, you also guessed correctly. Uh, Freco says that the shortest verse in the Bible is Job chapter three, verse two. And it says, he said is the shortest verse in the Bible today. If you go back to the King James version and or the new King James version, it, uh, it is not the shortest verse because it actually says, and Job spoke and said, mm. uh, so. Uh, or maybe if if we bust out Logos and have a look at the uh, the Hebrew that was it was written in, maybe there's more Hebrew letters than the Greek letters contained within the verse that they're actually trying to find, which I was very close to just giving away. I was about it was about to come out of my mouth. It's but but we didn't because we need people to answer this correctly. Talking about things we need to do. Uh, correctly. It's now time for our Encounter with God Bible study, which is entitled for the day, Term Limits and Borrowing Points. Okay? Term Limits and Borrowing Points. Now, Lawson, are you able to read for us Deuteronomy chapter 15, 1 to 5? Absolutely. Deuteronomy chapter 15, 1 to 5, the Bible says, At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. 
And this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anything to his neighbor shall release it. He shall not require it of his neighbor or his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner, you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother, except when there may be no poor among you. For the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance. Only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord to observe with care all these commandments which I command you today. Okay, that's a beautiful uh, instruction from the Lord about how long term limits should be. But I want you to read Exodus 21 verse 2. And Leviticus 25, verse 3 and 4 as well, too, as we talk about this seven-year statute uh, about slaves and servants and the land regulated um, from from lenders as well, too. So can you read those verses for us as well, Lawson? Absolutely. In Exodus 21, 2, the Bible says, If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free and pay Nothing. Then it continues on if we read Leviticus chapter 25, verse 3. It says, Six years you shall sow your field, and the six years you shall prune your vineyards and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyards. So this is an interesting thought that just kind of is an insight into the mindset of today as well, too. We look at how long uh, we were supposed to have debts for, and the maximum amount that God says is seven years. Mm. Now, what's interesting about this is the Lord God acknowledges that there is a reality of debt, even though he says, hey, this is generally a bad thing, but I, I recognize that this is a situation. However, don't go past seven years. Seven years is the maximum amount of time that we're going to have debt uh, or, or servitude. You're going to owe someone else anything. We want to emphasize the point that there's really only seven years uh, that should that should be used for, for debt uh, in any capacity. However, when we look at what's happening today, and especially in the housing market, this is the crazy thing. You know, people in many parts of the world have loans for like 30 years even 40 years for home purchases mm. it seems that one reason home houses cost so much is that credit is now available to provide loans to purchase them. I want to be really clear about something. So true. Debt equals money, but not for you, <laughs> for the banks. And so we keep saying this over and over and over. Debt equals money. Debt equals money for the banks, for the lending institution. When you borrow anything for 30 years if you pay that loan off for 30 years you will have essentially paid two three four times the value of the loan right mm. that mortgage that you take out that's a 30-year mortgage and I, I, I let me be clear i understand and recognize the the necessity for that but it's kind of a cyclical thing it, it happens it's like the, what comes first the chicken or the egg in this situation mm. Houses cost so much today because so much money can be borrowed for such long uh, terms, right? Term limits. Whereas it used to be seven years, so seven years wages essentially, and then the debt would be canceled 
and lenders would just have to take whatever they could get in that seven years, houses didn't cost so much. But now we're living in an era where literally a 30-year loan is common. So now it's basically most of your adult life, you're going to be in the, debt. What's the solution? Well, we're going to see what the Bible says. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, where Blake gets blamed for everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Correct. Uh, often, uh, Lawson and Shell just blame me for everything that's wrong with the world, and it's my fault because I am now in Finland, and mm-hmm. apparently I am uh, to blame for all of the world's issues. And it, it, kind of, it makes sense. It plays out in my mind. I understand where they're yeah. coming from. But we need... before yeah, if, I you could, accept, if you could stop killing the bees... That would be great. I'm, I'm now individually assassinating each one. No. <laughs> uh, okay. I would never do that. I actually love bees. They're so cool. They're like one of my favorite insects. I love mm. them, actually. Uh, except, you know what I don't love is when they're inside your house. I went down uh, where I was I was living uh, just recently in Walls End before I moved to Kurumbong. Went downstairs to... The, we have a big living area down there where they have a board meeting sometimes. And there's about... Uh, probably about 2,000 bees inside the room what? when I, I opened the door and it was just like, is, it, was, ju- it was, you're joking. No, I will send you a video. I'll post it. You know what? I'm going to post it on that is, Patreon. That is on my Instagram. worst nightmare. It was my worst nightmare. I opened the, I literally opened the door. My, my laptop is down in, in the room and there's like thousands of bees just buzzing around. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so scared. And then I actually had to run in, grab uh, my my laptop. And thankfully, the other people who were not at the house, I was the only one at the time. Uh, so I kept those people safe. But it was just, it was wild. It was, it was, I grabbed the laptop, ran out. I'm not going to say how scared I was because I just like to pretend to be more manly um, mm-hmm. in these difficult moments, but mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear moving up and down my spine. Hey, we got to give people the last clue. I the know. The final Please. 100 points. Now, if you haven't answered all week, this is your opportunity because this clue is incredibly easy and off one entry, people have won the prize before. It's a random draw. We spin the wheel. So get in our final clue for the week. This book is the fourth gospel of the New Testament. Surely, surely you know what it is. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. This book is the fourth gospel of the New Testament. If you call a text with the correct answer, you'll go in the draw to win our amazing Great Controversy Fountain View concert DVD we'll give to you for free, as well as Jesus at the Helm, a 1,000-piece puzzle. We'll give it to you absolutely for free if you tell us, if you enter the draw, and if you enter, how you enter the draw is by telling us what the fourth gospel of the New Testament is. 0491-064-669. That was it. That was the last clue. And that's that's all we're going to give today uh, here on Friday. I was so confused earlier. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday here in Finland and I was just like thinking to myself, wait, we're giving the we're giving the prize away today? That doesn't make any sense. But no, no, no. Australia, you're living in the future. That's right. You are Which one day ahead of said us. Before. Now, okay, so I had just said 
before we went into the break. And I was, you know, I, I was thrown some blame for this one. I was said, I, I said just before we went into the, the break. So if we don't want to get into these loans for a house that'll last the entirety of our adult life, and if houses are significantly more expensive because of the existence of credit and loans and banks, is our solution then to blow up the bank or, or to get rid of banks? Yeah, and the answer is no. You definitely okay. don't want to resort to okay. violence. The real answer is get a tent. I, but what if <laughs> tents get so expensive? Hey, let me tell you this, my friend. Let me tell you this. Uh -huh. Abraham, one of the richest men on planet Earth at the time, he dwelt in tents. That's when actually, Sodom and Gomorrah were true. taken over. Yeah, when Sodom and Gomorrah were taken over by the, it was like the battle between the four kings and the five kings there in Genesis. It was Abraham and his boys, 300 of them. They go, the original 300, they go and kick butt and they take all the, the, the prisoners that had been uh, taken away. He beats the entire army of all these terrible people rescues all the people, brings everything back uh, to Sodom. The king of Sodom is like, hey, you can have all the loot. You can have all the treasure. You can have everything that you want. And Abraham says, nope, but you will be paying a 10% tithe because I got all the treasure back. But I don't want you to say that you were the one that caused me to be wealthy mm. because God has made me wealthy and only God will receive the credit for that. And so what really happened in Sodom and Gomorrah is... Abraham clearly identifying that it was God who set those people free because clearly it was a miracle. 300 guys versus the entire army of these, all these Kings mm. He brings them back. And then he says, you have to recognize that it was God who saved you, who is your rescuer, who is your savior and who sets you free. And you're going to pay tithe to the high priest in Salem. You're going to pay tithe uh 10% of all of the, the loot and all of the uh, the winnings, I guess, of this battle, hmm. the the spoils of war, 10% of that is going to go towards uh, the, the high priest there. And uh, his name was Melchizedek. But you can have the rest of it because I don't want you to, I don't want you to claim that you made me rich. The crazy thing about that story is that's the reason that Sodom was destroyed. Not mm -hmm. because of all the sexual immorality. And let me tell you, there was a lot of, disgusting sexual immorality that happened, but that's not why God destroyed it. God destroyed Sodom because of the pride that they had in their hearts mm. that they knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was God who rescued them and they refused to acknowledge his existence. Mm. That's the real story behind Sodom. And, it, and the real story behind all of that goes back to the fact that Abraham lived in a tent. <laughs> he yeah. really did. And he had the money to have cities and wealth. He could have, he had enough money at one point to literally build a whole city for himself, but he chose not to. So I'm not going to say you don't have to live in a tent. You don't have to live in a tent, but I'm just saying, you know, even if you have money, it doesn't mean you have to live lavishly. Yeah. He lived within his means. So I guess where does that lead? Because then it's just like, okay, then, but is the tent really the way to go? You know, how, how do we work through the scenario in which like shelter is a necessity and we are both experiencing that right now because we're both very cold but we would be far colder, if not dead, if we were outside. So I don't think you're going to die if you go outside in Melbourne. 
No offense. I don't, I don't know. It's pretty cold here, dude. It's pretty wild in Melbourne, apparently. Okay. It gets, but okay, it's not Finland. But, but I think then it's like, well, housing, you know, shelter is a necessity, but now we need to take out a 30, 40 year loan. Look, in an ideal world, there would be no borrowing and there would be no debt. But because we don't live in an ideal world, Mm. there might be times when it is necessary to borrow. So just make sure that you have the best possible deal, the best debt situation and the best interest rate available. And then borrow the very minimum that you need and pay it off as quickly as possible to save on interest costs. In principle, you know, to whatever degree humanly possible, we should seek to avoid debt. And by following the biblical financial principles in our everyday lives that we've been talking about, we can go a really long way toward avoiding unnecessary debt and the terrible strain it can put on us and our families as well, too. So just remember, avoid debt in as much as possible. We don't live in a perfect world. Debt is sometimes uh, an unfortunate necessity, uh, but don't overly lavishly borrow above and beyond what is minimally needed. Mm. And then pay it back as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. And I think that's why like like Jewish people today are regarded as an incredibly money-wise and financially switched on people, literally because they follow these principles. And as Christians, we've been given the same ones. So let's follow them. Absolutely. The Bible is so clear on financial advice, and it's a beautiful thing because God recognized the importance for financial literacy mm. amongst his people. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show. <laughs> Things are going wild. Well, the the, attack, just the attack of character doesn't stop. Uh, <laughs> attacks are happening mm-hmm. here, uh, but nothing but love for our listeners. Uh, we just have a lot of uh, issues between ourselves, apparently. Uh, pray for us. Uh, we... <laughs> I can't even talk, Lawson. Can you just talk for me? Well, basically, we've come to the time where we're going to do the draw. Guys, you have been doing a fantastic job at answering these questions correctly, and that has led many of you to enter into the quiz. Now, what we're going to do, as we always do when it comes to a Friday, is we are going to spin that wheel and give someone, one of you guys, the opportunity to win. So right now, we've got it up. And the wheel is about to spin, I believe. So, it's it's spinning. We can't hear the spin, but the wheel, it's spinning, it's whirling, it's whirling, it's... And it's... It's about to... So, okay, There's it's landed. There's applause. It's landed. There's applause. We can hear it. All right. So, we're going to get our Who's winner, winner on the phone. Who is the winner? Well, no, but we're going to get them on the phone. Oh, I want the, the I want to know. We got to get them on the phone. I can't handle it. Whilst they're getting on the phone, we have the answer to today's quiz, which was the book of John. I thought that was an interesting clue. I'm the only book in the NIV Bible containing the word Messiah. Yeah, I would have the- thought I would have thought I would have thought like Isaiah would have said that. That was Absolutely. my first thought. And, you know, some of the other gospels definitely um, but Jesus' first miracle occurs in chapter 2, which is, of course, Jesus goes to the wedding of Cana. He's addressed by his mother, you know, do something. He turns to his mother. He says, woman, 
which is actually a respectful term back then, you know, is something that's a, a little <laughs> bit mistranslated. Just clarify that there. Just clarifying. He turns to his mother, he says, woman, my time has not yet come. Yet he does an amazing miracle anyway. Um, it also contains the shortest verse. Which is specifically John 11 and verse 35. Now, I believe we've got, we're, we're plugging our winner into the system we're right in. now. Are they there? Shell? Oh, okay. Shell's, Shell's, she's getting it plugged in. They're on the phone. Are they ready to go? Well, congratulations. The winner of our prize this week has been Janelle. Janelle, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Lawson. That's, that's lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> we are stoked for you. And as we promised right throughout the show this week, we will give you all the pieces to the puzzle. Well, that's what I wanted to say. Do you want all the pieces? Do you want all the pieces, Janelle? Or do you want us to just yes. take the one away uh, just for fun? Um, do you want to, do you want a scavenger hunt experience or do you want the whole, do you want all the pieces? No, we've got all the pieces. <laughs> Janelle, I am solidly okay. in your camp. I 100% agree. We will give you all the pieces. And look, we'll try to, we'll try to get up there to Queensland to, to, I want to see this puzzle completed. Oh, that, wow. That's what I want to see. <laughs> there we so, go. There's a you got to complete the puzzle. You got to complete the puzzle for Faith FM. Our listeners are are depending on you to make this happen. Oh, that's it. Hey, yeah, I'm, I have to take a photo when I'm done. <laughs> that's right. I'd love to see it in person, but a photo should be good enough. So, and, and Janelle, listen, thank you so much. Thank you for to playing your the quiz as well. On your, from your DVD at the same time while you're putting your puzzle together. Beautiful, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Love the music. <laughs> Thanks for playing the, the quiz, Janelle. You are awesome. Mm. Fantastic. You know what else happens in the book of John? Uh, a lot of things. Yeah, like, you're right. Uh, it's, it's essentially, we see that like the most condensed, action-packed version of Jesus' life. But the book of John is the only book out of the four Gospels is the only Gospel that includes the reinstating of Peter. Did you know that? No, I, I did not know that. I, I preached about That's this recently. It's the only, okay. If you read the other three Gospels, you would just think Peter denied Jesus and potentially possibly in, in the future became a disciple again. But John is the only one that contains the... Uh, the reinstating wow. of Peter. And in fact, if you had like Luke's books, which is the Gospel of Luke and then Acts, you would kind of read it through. You would get to the end. A- again, there's no real reinstating of Peter. And then Peter's just the man. And you'd be like, wait, what is going on? Like, like Peter just, you'd be really shocked and surprised. Like, wow, Peter, all of a sudden, he's just, he's just following God faithfully after denying him. Good for that guy. But yeah, John is the only one that sheds light on exactly what happens that reinstates Peter as a disciple, which is, you know, they have breakfast by the sea. They're talking about, you know, Jesus shows up while they're catch, catching fishes. Eat my sheep. And then, he, and then he reinstates Peter. You know, they have that three times, you know, the three times that Peter denied Jesus, he three times said, I love you, Jesus. And as a result, he was reinstated as a disciple and went on to be one of the greatest disciples who ever lived. You know, Peter is probably my, I think he's my favorite character in the Bible. He's the guy who I probably okay. relate to the most. I definitely 
I definitely feel like I would be the guy who cuts other people's ears off in a, in a knife fight. Mm. And that's what Peter did as well, too, in that situation. And I just, he's so, he, you know, he's a rough, he's a ruffian. He's rough around the edges, but man, he really does love Jesus. And even though he falls and fails and just completely, uh, makes mistakes all the time, he also, keeps coming back to Jesus. He keeps coming back and following Jesus. And and I love the fact that when Jesus saw Peter, he saw all the good and all the bad that he would ever do. And he still said, follow me mm. with all your baggage, with all your issues. I want you to be a fisher of men, no think, longer just a fisherman. I think the, the amazing thing is that Jesus made then Peter into something that he could never be. He made him something great. And I think we can expect the same from Jesus. If we're following him despite our baggage, he will turn us into something amazing. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, where we get text messages from people like you. One of them says, this is from Sky, hello, I recently started a new job. The person Mm -hmm. training me would tell me she's a workaholic. She would work two jobs to get her home, then told me that quote, you don't get anything handed to you on a silver platter and you have to work for it basically telling me I should work more and be like her. And when we're working with people who are invested in the world, we will see a difference in what they believe is important. P.S. She really rubbed me the wrong way, but we need to pray for them. Aha. Very true. She also Mm. texts me Blake with a BB gun, smiley face. Yes. I grew up with one of those. It was wild times. Uh, Forgot to mention that added feature in the rental room of bees. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Also, Christopher texts us, in 2013, we were in Jamaica. We were told they don't have home loans. They would build large homes over several generations. Ooh, oh, wow. Interesting. You know, I once was told about this idea where a church got together. They put all their money together. They saved up, and they created a fund where they bought each other houses so they wow. wouldn't have to go to the bank for loans. That is a pretty cool thing. Listen up to us on Faith FM, where you talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong. Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.